Welcome to The Field Viewpoint, a Digital Farming Institute podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Sled. This is not just another ag tech podcast. This podcast brings together viewpoints that move far beyond field view button pushes and standard sales pitches. Whether you're a seasoned seller looking to sharpen your digital sales skills, or you're just starting your journey using digital tools in the field, this podcast is designed to help you build your confidence with your confidence. In today's episode, we talk to our climate enablement managers about field view compatibility and how to handle objections around getting data into our platform. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another Digital Farming Institute podcast. We're continuing with our series around handling objections. And once again, we have another one of my favorite field team members in Megan McNamee. I pronounce her name with precision because uh, as someone I've closely worked with and really truly admire as someone who helped me learn how to train in the field, uh, watching her and observing her skills. I've been known to butcher her last name. So Megan McNamee is with us today. She's wonderful. She is located in the Minnesota, Wisconsin region, and she's going to talk to us about handling the compatibility objection that we sometimes hear from the field. I'm going to turn it over to Megan to introduce herself, give us a little bit of background on uh, where she comes from and how she's entered her role to this day. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Yes, Megan McNamee. I cover the DeKalb East team in Minnesota, and I've been with FieldView going on six years now, starting in support. So luckily, compatibility is in my wheelhouse, and I'm very excited to talk about it. But I have tons of experience in support, as well as on our customer success team and working with our field teams here in Minnesota, our seed, chem, you name it, the growers directly. We, we've really done it all. I'm not from a farm, but I did join FFA in high school and fell in love. So if you ever catch me outside of this, I'd be happy to tell you my whole story um, and hear yours as well. But thanks for having me today, Valerie. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. And really, we're grateful, of course, to always have Mr. Andrew Canuck here to also give us the level set around um, how do we actually handle objections? I mean, any objection with the way that we coach, he gives us that expertise coming from the regional training manager team. And Andrew, go ahead and give us the level set on what we should be thinking about when we approach objections in the field, and then we'll get started with our interview. Thank you, Valerie. As we think about those objection steps and addressing this compatibility podcast today, we're going to keep this very simple. We need to listen to what that customer's saying verbally, also be looking for some of those nonverbal cues. The second step, we need to acknowledge that objection. Third, we need to clarify to make sure we understand what the true objection is. And once we understand that, we'll take our fourth step, which is answer that customer objection. And after answering, we'll take our fifth step, which we need to verify and confirm with that customer. Did we answer their objection appropriately? With that said, I do want to quickly touch on the erase method. And the erase method is around step four of that objection handling where we answer. We can answer with experiences, with reasons, authority statistics and examples and as we talk today we may have a chance where we can include just a few statistics around field view so with that we're going to get kicked off with miss megan here and megan share with us on this compatibility objection what's the big deal about it how do you work through this yeah andrew great question so Compatibility, let's first kind of break down what that is just to make sure we're all on the same page. When we're talking about digital, we're talking about technology, what we're looking at is 
how am I getting my farm data from my equipment into my digital device or into the cloud, onto my computer, my phone, any place where you're going to actually take that out of the monitor and do your analyzations on your activities in the field. And so as we're all aware of, there's plenty of colors and types and combinations out in the field. And so compatibility is really the idea of what am I looking at? What does it do and how do I get that data out of it? And hopefully into FieldView, likely into FieldView, maybe some other you know, digital platforms as well. Um, but FieldView as a whole, one thing that's really unique about us is our compatibility. We have the widest, most robust compatibility in the industry, and I can confidently say that. I think our statistic there is 80, 85% of all of the farm equipment across all of farming we're compatible with, and that is growing. We have a wonderful team who, you know, we've kind of cornered the market at corn and soy and some of those other crops, but we're moving into specialty crops. We're looking at other areas. We're looking at getting irrigation in. So we're closing that small 15% gap rather quickly there. So that's compatibility, but how does it work, right? You know, if you walk up to a customer and say, hey, are you compatible with FieldView? They're probably going to look at you a little cross-eyed, like, what do you mean? What are you talking about compatible? I don't know. You tell me you're the expert, which if you're not feeling like the expert can be a little bit of an intimidating conversation. And especially because if you're looking at this from the customer's perspective, not in every instance, but they might need to purchase an iPad. There might be a field view drive involved. Maybe there's a cable, you know, maybe they need to get an unlock in their monitor and all of that equals money. But it doesn't mean that that conversation has to be a negative one or it has to be solely around money. So what I really recommend is, first of all, taking a step back and taking a breather and understanding what is of highest priority to me, right? So and the grower, right? More so the grower. But when I'm looking at compatibility, you do not have to run through every single piece of equipment and one go around and try to get every detail from that grower. And also you don't have to do it alone. Um, so we have a very large field team and support team. I'm gonna say largest in the industry for what we do with digital who could come out on the farm either with you, they can go out for you, they can hop on a phone call, they can do a FaceTime. There's lots of ways to make sure you have your partners involved in this conversation to get help. And so we'll talk maybe a little bit more about involving your partners in later, but so, you know, just very high level in determining compatibility. I would be remiss if I didn't say the phrase, it's not if, it's how you're compatible. So there are multiple different levels of compatibility that can fit each individual farmer's needs and they can stair step through them. And even before that, you don't even need equipment to start gleaning information from FieldView. You need a couple mapped fields to start getting images and to start getting rainfall and to start looking at soil type. So, I mean, that's the absolute start there just by mapping fields and you're already at a level of compatibility. The other step is understanding what season's ahead of me and what equipment do you have? So are we going into harvest? Let's look at combines, let's look at choppers, let's look at anything related to the most relevant season and start our questions there and kind of move along. You might have growers that want to take you out to the shop and show you every little thing that they have and get it all in one go around. And that's kind of where we understand who is the grower I'm working with. What is their personality? How much time do they have? Do they like the white glove service or do they really just want their answers and you need to move on, get out of their way so they can get back to business? So adjust this conversation as such and then come and ask really good questions. There are five things that I can give you. I think it's five right now that if you're a go-getter and you want to go out and have that conversation right now, you need to know what is the equipment, brand, model, 
What kind of GPS do they have on there? What kind of monitors in there? Anything special you did on your own or is everything from factory? And, you know, do you have an iPad? Do you have some of the basic essentials? If not, you know, we might need to look at getting some of that for you. But if you can get those five questions, you can leave the farm and find your answer. You can make a phone call. You don't have to do it all right there and know everything. So kind of a lot, but that's the nitty gritty on how you approach that conversation with compatibility. Wow, Megan, you started us off with a bang. I want to call out our climate support team at one 7475 If you don't have that number in your phone, you should. Secondly, your climate enablement managers and your climate enablement specialists are your friends. And then the third point is support.climate.com. You can look up anything in a digital format that you could carry on a conversation. If you just know those three resources, you can be on to the path of success with this compatibility. I'd like to maybe reference one thing that you mentioned, Megan, when you gave your introduction, you said, hey, I learned my passion from FFA. I, I didn't grow up on a farm. So you could really relate to this audience in the compatibility space where maybe you hadn't you know, touched a combine or a sprayer. How did you work through that as you built your career here in this enablement manager role? Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm remembering a version of me who was very stressed out by this conversation because I hadn't ever been in the equipment. I didn't know, I couldn't touch and feel and look and see. I had to learn by YouTube, videos, pictures, team members, et cetera, just kind of initially. But the best thing I think I did for myself is A, get very comfortable with not knowing the answer and that being okay. Get also very comfortable with knowing who does know the answer and being able to bring them the right information for them to help you. So those are a couple of things, but really, really, truly, if you're someone who wants to dive in and learn this, on that support center, we have a fantastic guide with schemas and model types and all of the information you could possibly need. I would bring that up on the phone and I would ask the girl, hey, what do you have here? Let's go through this together. Do you have access to a phone? Do you have access to an iPad? Can I email this to you so you can pull it up and take this to your case dealer, take this to your John Deere dealer? I'm going to get you real close. And if there's some answers we don't know, that's okay. I'm going to tell you what questions to go ask. And then you can come back and we can double make sure before you purchase anything. And I think that before you purchase anything is your best friend until you get comfortable. I have never, ever had a farmer get mad at me for saying, hey, you know, I think we're right on with this. Let's double, triple verify. And then once we have the answer, I can confidently make sure you get where you need to go versus putting that pressure on yourself that you need to be the sole expert of every single thing and know every piece of equipment, especially if you're not from a farm, telling an answer just to look like an expert. And they come and give you a call and say, hey, this wasn't it. This, you know, you didn't even ask me X, Y, Z. Now I'm upset. That's not a fun conversation. So I would definitely say be okay not knowing the answer, right? And be okay with asking questions of others and, and being transparent and hum like having humility with your growers, working through this together, because they honestly probably may not know the answers either. So they're going to learn too. Megan, I am just floored at the responses that you're giving here because it just takes me back to our very first session of Digital Farming Institute where we got to talk about growth mindset. And everything that you're talking about to me just primes the reasons, the real reasons, not that that was, it was great to start our program that way, but really why we need to have a growth mindset 
not just for training, but for the field. Because when we come to a grower and we are faced with a question that we don't know the answer to, we have that fight or flight instinct, right? We have that, like, I can either fake it till I make it, or I can be really honest and authentic and approach with humility. I love your answer to this and how you, you're you modeling this in your story, but also saying this is the best thing that they could do as well. Go back to me with the guide. Tell us where the guide is located and how where are some resources that if you are getting started and you're saying, I don't know all the answers, but I'm willing to learn, where do I go? Our Knowledge Center is... I mean, it is just a wealth of information. And you know what? It could be a little overwhelming at first. So there are a couple options I recommend going down. If you're really, really new, we have a compatibility checker. It's basically you check the boxes on what you're seeing and it'll spit out an answer and recommendation to you. You can always verify with our support team. But if you're completely new, I recommend starting there. So you can just go on. I think there's a bubble for compatibility. You'll see a compatibility checker on one of the pages. Go there first. If you want to really, you know, train yourself, test your skills, get the the most robust answer and go down a path of like learning, I guess you could call it, I would recommend our compatibility guide. It's probably going to be right next to the compatibility checker on that knowledge center. Um, but that has everything broken out into seasons. So if you're looking at sprayers and applicators, combines, whatever it is you're searching for, it's a giant PDF, right? So you can use that to find your your equipment type, your equipment model, and then you know just kind of cross off the boxes and it walks you through everything. I mean, there's detailed steps, there's asterisks for things to look out for monitor updates. Anything that is relevant will be there and we'll likely have links to schemas of monitors, to the cables you need. I mean, it is all there. But yeah, again, that's one that like, if you have those answers from the grower where you know their equipment, get that guide up, call support and have them walk you through it. Call your CEM and say, hey, you got a second. I've got some answers. Can you show me how to navigate this guide? Because once I learn how to read that guide, it's it's like I didn't even know need to know what farming equipment was. I could just work that guide and give an answer, even though I had never been there before. Now I've been there in the field and I've put the second layer on top of it. And um, I've had farmers offer me jobs because of this information. So it's it's a great skill to learn, I think, even if you're just interested in expanding in the industry, because FieldView touches all types of brands. So you get a really good glimpse of what's all out on the farm, what's all the capabilities and the possibilities, and you can have conversations with growers about this. So that kind of builds that authority of who you are and, you know, what the knowledge is and your experiences as you learn more. So, yeah. Wow. That's all I have to say as well. What you commented there about changes I think about like our iPhones that we get software updates and we get new apps and and folks, the same thing's happening for the farms with their equipment as they change equipment in and out. They have software updates and we have to be agile and flexible with that. And the one thing I would comment that Megan really touched on is we're not only talking about equipment, but we're talking maybe about iPad information, cables, field view drive. It might be precision planning 2020. For those of you that just say, whoa, this is too much, my encouragement is if you've got the relationship but you don't feel technical, just grab your counterpart, your climate enablement manager, your climate enablement specialist, and they can help you be the technical expert and come alongside you. You don't have to know all this. The end goal is to work through this and help you consult with that data as you're looking at seed, chemistry, scouting, whatever it may be you can work through this by grabbing a counterpart and 
taking some of their expertise to help move along that digital journey. The one um, piece I'd like to maybe shift to is, Megan, this compatibility objection comes up a lot just based on different brands of equipment, different data types. What have you seen from customers on a personal level when you can break through this barrier and get that data into field view? What's that look like? So just to clarify, are we we looking at a situation where a grower maybe says, I you know what, I'm ready to try compatibility. Let's get set up. Like what benefits? Could you I want to make sure I'm answering this correctly? Yes, you got it. I think to answer this question, we have to look at who are our chunks of growers. And so you, of course, have your early adopters, right? They were out there before you were. They have all the newest, shiniest, coolest, souped up stuff, right? So they're already ready to go. You had a few that maybe were interested in trying a little bit later, but it was just a matter of organizing some people on the farm, getting personalities together and deciding this is ultimately a route we want to go down. Or maybe they tried something else and that wasn't for them, so they came over to FieldView. And then you have a group that compatibility was their main objection, or maybe it still is. And I always encourage people when they think about objections to really put a lens on, are they telling you compatibility is the objection or is there something else behind the scenes? Is it really money or are they are they nervous about bringing this new technology on the farm? And so once you've kind of uncovered, yeah, this is really about money, like things are tight, they're not looking to update their equipment, you know, this is 10, 15 years down the road for them. I don't know, I'm just throwing stuff out. That That's a different conversation than, oh no, like I've got this equipment I barely know how to use. I don't want to get an iPad in there and make it confusing. And so if you truly are committed to the digital experience, I think growers and customers, they're going to know how authentic you're living. And what I mean by that is, are you showing up on the farm with your technology? Do you have your iPad? Do they see how you actively use maybe scouting and reports and imagery in your day-to-day business that that's what they want? Or are you saying you have to do this, you need to be compatible, we need to spend money, you need to upgrade because it's good for you. I mean, those are just two vastly different experiences. And if a grower can see you authentically living this type of digital experience and how it can benefit from them, that conversation becomes a matter of, hey, you know, we finally got that GPS, I, you know, let's bring that climate person out that you've been talking about, you kept bringing up or, hey, you know, our the old iPad finally went to kaputs, we gave it to the kids, we're ready to, you know, try this, what do I do next? And as soon as you've gotten there, it's just a matter of stair-stepping. It goes back to the very beginning of the conversation. But if you can't show them the benefits, and I'm not saying you got to be a whiz, you got to break out some crazy reports or do anything fancy, but like that authenticity is a determining factor. If they can see, I'm going to spend this money, I'm going to spend this time and learn, and this person is also going to dedicate that time to use this in my business and benefit with me, they're probably going to do it. If they see that you just say it, you don't ever bring your iPad up, you're never talking digital, you're not, you know, doing any of those other things at all. I mean, the question answers itself, right? They're probably not going to feel like this is worth the investment. So if you lead by example, I think that that objection of compatibility just becomes more of a time game and making sure you're consistent and making sure you're showing up and that when it's time to have that compatibility discussion, if you're not comfortable, you bring in an expert. You bring in someone like you said, Andrew, that can help them and make that a less stressful conversation because you've got everybody you need, they're taken care of. Um, and you know, you can have conversations about goals. I love to start with goals with growers. 
you know, you come back to the why, why compatibility, why do this? Well, I don't know. You tell me what's important to you and I'll make sure that we find the piece of digital that you can start with that gets you to that. Um, we don't have to start with everything at once. And in fact, I'd rather you didn't unless you want to, right? So that's kind of my approach to compatibility and really digital in general, I guess. Megan, that's some great advice there. I'd like to step back a second and talk about what are the ways we actually get data into field view? So historic data versus maybe a field view drive, an API, map anything, precision planning. That can be extremely complex in the compatibility space. Could you give our audience just a little snippet across those? The whole not if you're compatible, but how. So like we said before, right, you can map boundaries for anybody at any time. We have common land units in there. If you don't know for sure, sit down with them, get that mapped in there. That's pretty straightforward. That's your absolute basic level. But then you can kind of stair step into these different experiences. So let's start with actually the drive. That's the most notable. That's the, the field view uh, drive that looks like the hockey puck. Don't tell marketing, but that's, you know, that's how growers know it. That's kind of like the Cadillac experience, right? You're going to get the live mapping. You have an iPad in there. It's sending data from that drive to your iPad into the cloud. Most common as well. And I would say growers really do benefit from that visualization. Yes, they have their monitors in there, but they're not taking the monitor out to go have a conversation, to go click on it in the lazy boy. Like that stays in the cab until they get back to the cab. So that is a limited experience versus the live mapping. The sister to the drive for the live experience is that precision planting monitor. That's the only other monitor where we have that direct connection where you do not need a drive. So those are the two biggest and baddest, the ones that we strive for as a whole. But there's lots of other options to bring data in that don't require live mapping, that don't require an iPad in the cab. And in many instances, I often recommend, depending on the personality, depending on the grower, depending on, you know, even on the operation, the piece of equipment, there may be somebody who, you know, very common spread of growers is you've got someone who's very interested in live mapping, they're up on the technology, they're the tech of the farm. And you got dad or grandpa, uncle, somebody who still really likes to be involved but are less interested in live or more technology. They maybe want to see what you show them afterwards. So you've got the drive. The next step, I would say, is our data inbox. And that is very simple. It is the files collected on the monitor go on a thumb drive that you then bring to the computer and you upload just like you kind of do an attachment to an email or anything else. You go find your file, bring it in, and you can put it right directly into that account without the need for live mapping. And I recommend this if, again, maybe you got a late start, didn't get that drive in, forgot the iPad one day, maybe you're not, you know, somebody's not comfortable, like I said, with the technology, and you can still bring it into your account and utilize it. But the, the differentiating question, if you're on the edge between drive live or data inboxes, how good are you between the time you're done to the time you want to look at the data. If you're someone who is not very good at getting files and that just is not on the top of your to-do list, I'm going to recommend the drive. If you're someone who's really organized and likes to, you know, tinker on the computer and is pretty good with files and it's not hard, but like that's something that comes a little bit easier to you, data inbox. We also have, again, can't reference them enough, our entire field team that will help and or do that for you. 
And then the other level that is the perfect dip your toe in the water is our manual maps and our map anything kit as well. So manual maps is exactly what it sounds like. You have a field, you add what you did, when you did, how much, what the product was, and it generates a map for you. And you can do that for planting, you can do that for tillage, you can do that for harvest and even use satellite imagery. And it's pretty darn close. Is it precision planting equipment close? No but it's pretty close enough for someone who's just starting in technology. And I, I highly, highly recommend that. And the last thing is the caveat to the drive, right? It does depend on your equipment, what you got, how it all functions together. But, you know, maybe your, your GPS is good, but you've got a, a ground rig that doesn't use any electronic or hydraulic drives. Well, we can still create a map for you with that GPS. You know, it's just a matter of getting it set up the right way and, you know, asking your experts and you can still get that beautiful map live in the field, drop pins while you're out there, do all the stuff that you would normally do. And then if you ever upgrade your equipment, simple conversation away from making sure that you still got what you have or what you need moving forward. So that's a that's as simple as I can break down the, the steps there, but I always say start slow, start with what's most in focus and ask good questions and you're gonna have a really okay time getting through compatibility. Thank you for that, Megan. I would add on the data inbox so the audience is aware, if you've got prior years of history data that you've collected, you can bring that in, whether it's planting, harvest, application, you can bring soil tests in and bring that information in. So I remember one time I helped a customer offload 10 years worth of historic data into their account. The other thing that you mentioned on manual maps, if I recall, Megan, can manual maps, can you add an application layer as well just to document what you sprayed on the manual side? Could you clarify if that's available yeah. or not? Yeah, you sure can. Um, so, and I I'm going to go too far into the technical stuff. There's quite a bit of stuff that you can add manual. And even if you're mapping your planting live, I think we have the ability to do an in-start, like a starter application while you're planting. In some instances, it's kind of just a, you know, a flat rate map, but I think the really important part of field view right is getting all those we say it all the time getting all your layers in one place keeping track of what you're doing in a digital manner and being able to go back in those instances and i don't know how many operations i've been on there's like the um the drive or the uh, usb drawer full of a bunch of usb sticks get that stuff out we can try to get it in the computer and you may say, well, I'm not using that. Well, you're not using it there either. You're probably more likely to use it if we get it in the iPad for you and, you know, at least have it there in case something happens. So, and we can also bring tile maps in through the data inbox as well. So that's a, that's a one that growers like to look at quite a bit and see if they're getting any ROI on those, on those tile maps as well. So all kinds of stuff. I'll turn this question a little bit to the application side. So now we've empowered customers with planning data, harvest data together, and they say, hey, I hire out my retailer or whoever it is to custom apply fungicide with either the airplane, the helicopter, some folks are dabbling into the drone. Can you walk the audience through this compatibility question? How do we get that application layer into field view so the customer could do a field region report with their harvest layer? 
I'm probably going to have a hot take here. I think this is a great question, and I think this is one of the, I'm going to call it something probably dramatic, but the last frontier of data in the sense of what we're doing and on our basic operations on the farm. Planting and harvest over the last five years and decade, I'm sure we've seen a significant increase in growers consistently bringing that data into the account. That is a part of a picture of a story. There are many other passes that happen in the field tillage, just working ground in general, doing any type of fertilizer, doing any type of fungicide, pesticide, herbicide, like there are a lot of other steps in that application bucket that if you're not recording them, you are missing a piece of the puzzle, right? You just are. And that's not to say you can't get insights, but growers are spending a lot of money on these products, right? That's where you want to try to start to track what's working. There's a lot of trials and different products that come in and out for different crops that growers are typically curious about and making sure hey is this performing the way is it doing what my rep told me it would do which is a scary conversation as a rep i'll come back to that in a second it doesn't need to be scary but you know if you're doing your own application you have a drive in there it's it's just as simple as anything else it's even simpler at that point that's no big deal but when you start to very commonly get custom applicators retail like you said aerial application it does get a little bit more complex aerial and drone application that's going to get easier over time with technology we do have several apis that are in the works where you can start to get that data in it does kind of come down to the, the functionality of the equipment. So I say it's worth a conversation with your applicators. Hey, is this something that you do? Are you interested in doing it in the future? You know, where is this at on your radar? And they can kind of tell you, no, we're never going to do that. Or yes, we're, it's just a matter of buying the right equipment. We're, you know, we're working on it next season. Great. Sign me up. I want that data. The other conversation is when it comes down to your custom people and your retail doing those applications for you. And I, here's my hot take. I think you as the grower should ask for that data. You are paying for it. You are paying for that product and that service. And in today's day and age, that is where it's trending. It might be the leadership at the retail makes that decision. Or if it's, you know, somebody local that's close to you, you might have more influence over Let's get field view in your cab. Let's, you know, give me those files off the monitor or I'm going to send my climate enablement specialist to come grab those from you so I can get that data in my account. And I think that's a great way to start that conversation. And if you get friction, I don't know, put your spending dollars where you, you want them is the best way I can say that. Um, and I and I do think the industry over time is going to adapt to this because I just don't see a way around it. So that's my hot take there. But I think I had something else that I was going to get back to. I don't remember, but in essence, right, application data is that piece of your puzzle that you need to plug in if you can, ask for your data and keep asking for it and ask for help if people are struggling to get that to you. We can help them get set up in their business to get that data to you um, just as long as they're willing. Wow, Megan, this application data is really the next huge step and it makes me smile as how long we've been working on trying to empower customers with that. The one piece of advice I could share as we're thinking about how do I get to this, it really starts with setting that expectation through the early winter months into spring saying, hey, I need this data, I want this data, not only from the CPFSR level, but the farmer and ask for it. And if you ask for it, people will do a reasonable job getting the data back. It might not be perfect the first year, but you're getting started. And mm -hmm. then it's it's a value add component that folks realize, hey, this is something that makes a big difference. This can differentiate how I show up on the farm and represent mm -hmm. 
custom applied fungicide. So I'd encourage folks to think about it from that aspect. It is a big differentiator for those that can do it and do it well and deliver the data back to the customer so they can analyze in the fall and understand what was that application worth. The one other comment I would throw in there, you mentioned API. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, the application program interface is a software bridge that a FieldView user has a choice to connect with. So one of them might be my John Deere. There's a lot of retailers that will spray soybeans with a ground rig. There could be a connection potentially made to, to make data flow over. And I won't go into depth, but I do want to call that out because API is a term that's floated out there in the software space uh, in digital today. Maybe the last thing I would ask of you as we try and wrap this down, this has just been a great discussion and really something that we could talk for hours. How do you kind of coach dealers, your colleagues through this compatibility objection? Do you have a couple tips? You gave a lot of gold nuggets earlier on, but could you just kind of come back to that a little bit on how you coach an FSR colleague, a CBA, a dealer through this compatibility? Yeah, I think about who does it best out in the field from a dealer standpoint. Obviously, it's the climate enablement manager. That's my wheelhouse. I live and breathe it every day. I do not expect everybody else to do that. And I think your first step is taking that pressure off your shoulders like we've talked about. Don't immediately just assume the position of the knowing-all expert, living authentically in your selling, right? I just want to reiterate on those. And I want to kind of oppose a situation that I see the really great dealers doing and the really great, you know, digital uh, trusted advisors is living in that humility. But but think about think about it this way. If you show up on farm and you show up as all seeing expert, like we said, you know, every answer immediately, even though you don't and you start saying things that you're not quite sure correct and you're just trying to fake it till you make it. Is that a better experience to live fully in your ego that way, or to step aside and say, hey, I'm going to get you this far, but I have a great team behind me. I've got this expert here who's been doing this. I have these other three people, and not just digital. That's why you have your technical agronomists. That's why you have your crop protection reps. That's why you have your climate person. If you show up with a strong front on that farm, I mean, that is that grower is going to know, hey, this team's here to make sure I'm taken care of versus one person. So that's just kind of understanding like, hey, showing up as a team, trust in your people. But I also think that you have to get really comfortable with no. And that's just in sales in general, get comfortable with no. And I kind of live in, um, maybe it's a state of delusion. I don't know, but it works for me. There are a couple different possibilities, right? So if I'm asking about compatibility, I'm asking for the sale. If I never ask, my answer is always going to be no. It will always be no. It will never be an opportunity for me. But if I show up consistently and I say, hey, I have this ask of you. Are you interested? It may be no today, but that's where you're going to listen to the why. You're going to ask follow-up questions. And objections are not negative things. Objections are the answers to how you're going to show up next time. Okay, so you need to pay attention to them, write them down, understand, and clarify. Uh, Andrew, I fully believe in that method. The clarification is huge. And even if you just say, 
Hey, so what you're telling me is right now the priority on the farm is um, we've got some new products, we're putting up a new shed and, you know, we're doing this other thing. That's this year's priority. We don't really want to spend money right now on equipment for FieldView. All they're saying is, no, not now forever, but we're going to get through this. And maybe if not spending money on FieldView is the option, maybe that's the first person that you want to get some field boundaries map and just start showing up in a digital way differently. And once they've started to say, oh, okay, like I see you're showing me these maps. Now we got through with our other priorities. You keep showing up. You keep staying consistent. You keep coming with new ways to you know, be my trusted advisor and living authentically in that. You ask them again, you might get a different answer now. Or they might tell you another objection that can just be another avenue for you to go down. I'm going to close with, though, if you've got those people who are just absolutely shutting you out, focus your business on those people who will expand with you and who will grow with you. And those are where your statistics are going to come from. Those are where your examples are going to come from. Those are going to be the people that will learn technology with you. You will both mutually benefit. And maybe the other folks will come around someday. And if not, you're growing your business elsewhere, right? You have a service to provide and they either value it or they don't. And so value yourself, live authentically. And gosh, don't be scared of those objections. They're your friends. The word that keeps coming to mind about this conversation has been authentic, um, which is really surprising because we're talking about something very, very technical, right? Compatibility. But everything that you've responded with and given us encouragement and empowerment to do today, Megan, I feel like is is about being authentic and and embracing the areas where we can learn and grow and and meeting our customers with that same mindset. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for truly giving the the download around compatibility and all the different avenues and approaching it in a way that is approachable, frankly. And with that, I know, as you kind of called out, feel free. I'm sure that audience can reach out to you if they have any questions. They, of course, have their CEMs that are also willing to answer questions around compatibility, their CESs as well, all the acronyms and the support line, as Andrew called out earlier. Those are all resources. But again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being someone that we can bounce these questions off of. And I hope that you will continue to be a friend of Digital Farming Institute in the future. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Reach out if you need anything. Stay tuned for our next episode where we have a real conversation about the cost of FieldView and how to handle objections around subscription price changes. Until next time, this has been The Field Viewpoint. Services and products offered by Climate LLC are subject to the customer agreeing to our terms of service. Our services provide estimates or recommendations based on models. These do not guarantee results. Agronomists, commodities, brokers, and other service professionals should be consulted before making financial, risk management, and farming decisions. More information at climate.com disclaimers. FieldView is a trademark of Climate LLC.